No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. New Right Network presents Right Now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering the left, energizing the right. New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement. Conservative, border medium, places like that. Okay. And what are your interests? And you say you've written for a different outlet. What basically do you write about? Yeah, I like writing about, you know, traditional conservatism. Uh, There's obviously divisions in conservatism right now, liberal conservatism and more more traditional stuff. And I like to write about preserving uh, the traditional. Okay. I also understand that you have a book that's coming out pretty soon. I Tell do. Tell us a little about the book. Yes, yeah, so the book is Keep Texas Red, A Battle Plan for 2020 and Beyond. And so basically in the book, I uh, summarize what happened in the 2018 election for uh, here in Texas for people who might not know. And then I talk about uh, how we can uh, keep Texas in Republican hands going forward, how we can uh, mitigate our losses and uh, change our strategy to uh, more actively combat Democrats. Right. So for the listeners who weren't paying attention during the 2018 elections, I know that it was Beto O'Rourke. Yes. Who was running against a, uh, a well-established candidate, Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. So, and, and a lot of people thought that Beto could pull this off. Uh, and there were people that were afraid. So what do you think happened during that race, other than the fact that Beto had a lot of money that was pumped in from outside resources, mainly Hollywood, whereas Ted Cruz did not? Sure. So, um, well, what it's important to consider is the fact that Governor Abbott won by 14 points. Uh, And I worked on Governor Abbott's campaign, and Ted Cruz won by about three. So there were a lot of people who voted for Governor Abbott, and they did not vote for Ted Cruz. And to research my book, I went to some of the, uh, the counties and the precincts in Texas that had uh, the most split between those two, and I just knocked on doors. And I said, hey, mind if I ask who you voted for in 2018? And I tried to find a few people who voted for Abbott and voted for Beto. And the reasons they gave me were, you know, I just don't like Ted Cruz. And the reasons were either, A, they didn't feel like Cruz sufficiently supported Donald Trump, or they felt like he supported Donald Trump too much, or they just, they just didn't like it. So... Um, that's a part of the reason, I think. And also, the Cruz campaign, and I love Ted Cruz, just to put that out there. I think he's great. But right. he didn't have an effective statewide campaign. Governor Abbott blanketed the state. He made, I mean, it was known what he wanted to do and who he was. Ted Cruz um, didn't do that. And Beto did. You know, yard signs everywhere in Texas. You couldn't go 20 feet without seeing one. Uh, everyone saw his face all the time. And so uh, that ultimately, I think, swung it in his favor. Right. So although they didn't like Ted Cruz, weren't they aware, especially the conservatives, that mm-hmm. by not voting, there was a possibility we could have gotten a Beto O'Rourke who For could sure. flip things. Definitely. I think that's... In your, when you were canvassing people going door to door, did anyone express a concern that, you know, here's what we're looking at between conservatism and liberalism? You know, I think that there's a group of people who just don't think about it that way. You know, they they vote more on personality and they don't think long term. But there's another group who saw Beto as moderate. You know, with the help of the media, he was able to portray himself as this sort of kind of middle of the road guy 
uh, and he effectively portrayed Cruz as an out-of-touch radical, which isn't true, of course. Right. We know that the opposite is true. But but it's all about getting out there. It's all about connecting with people, and that's what he did. And even though he was lying, it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, and that's scary. And I've read a couple of articles online that says that you have a lot of uh, liberals that are t targeting Texas as far as moving to Texas in hopes of flipping this. Is that a possibility? It's a possibility if we don't get our act together. You know, the Republican Party of Texas uh, just a few years ago was ran by a guy, Steve Munisteri, who did incredible things. You know, he, but we had more uh, statewide offices than we've ever had before. He was setting records. And then uh, he left and things tapered off. You know, it's the leadership's not there right now. And of course, Alan West, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, uh, announced right. that he's going to seek the uh, chairmanship for the Republican Party of Texas. I hope he gets it. I think he could do good things there. Um, right. We need new leadership. We need better strategy. And that's what my book is about uh, trying to introduce. So overall, just looking at the Republican Party, do you think the Republican Party is supporting the current president the way they should? I mean, Donald Trump, he's not the typical conservative Republican. Uh, and to me personally, I think he's making, doing the right things, making the right moves, but eventually he will move off stage. And he has created, a movement. just looking at the Republican Party again, do you think that they're supporting him and that they have what it takes to take the mantle to take it to the next level? I think most Republicans are supporting him adequately. I think the even cooler thing that Donald Trump is doing, something that he probably isn't even aware that he's doing, is he's making an avenue for these traditional conservatives, folks like Josh Hawley, to really get in there and take the reins of the party. He's, you know, taking the mantle away from some folks that probably shouldn't have it. But Josh Hawley, at one point, there was a bit of a kerfuffle with him because he wasn't mm -hmm. for border control. Right. And that's the in to be, interesting know. thing, right? And that's the interesting thing, right? Because he, because the thing that Trump is doing, but again, he's not even aware that he's doing, is he's allowing Republicans to rethink what it means to be a Republican, what kind of okay. conservatives we want to be. And that's the interesting thing that he's doing. And I think that's the key to taking you know, Trumpism, if you're going to call it that, and moving it forward beyond Donald Trump, you know, and really right. doing what he envisions for the country. Do you see any young Texans that are there now that could possibly you know, step into that role and just like, other than, like you said, West guy, and just like really push the agenda forward? That's a good question. You know, we have some folks, uh, Briscoe Kane, who's a state representative. He's really good. Uh, he's a great representative. Obviously, Dan Crenshaw, everyone knows him. I think he's yep. good. Um, but honestly, you know, I think that we should be looking to folks who aren't politicians right now. Because right. right now, you know, we have a lot of people who just, they don't know what they're doing or they do know what they're doing and they're not doing it well. So right. I think we need to get out and find better candidates. You know, the Democrats, to their credit, I mean, they're crazy, but they have their freshmen, right? AOC and right. Ilhan Omar. We need to go out and find non-crazy versions of that. Go out and find right. good people who are productive members of society, kind of like what the founders envisioned, to come in and to fix things. Well, you're right. But, but and because the party is definitely going to, older and these mm. people will move off stage eventually and we've definitely got to go out the republicans have definitely gop has got to get out there and recruit new talent the concern mm. i think is that when you get people who aren't necessarily politicians they're afraid because the media will rip them apart i think that's one of donald trump's biggest deficits is that they hate the fact mm -hmm. that he isn't a 
politician. I love the fact that he's not a politician because he's getting things done. And when you look at our forefathers, a lot of them weren't into politics. They came in, did what they felt needed to be done, and this is where we are now. So when you're looking at it today's day, trying to recruit young people who aren't politicians, they're possibly shy, afraid that they will be ripped apart. And it seems as though that's the message the media a lot of the media and the Democrats are putting out there, if you come in, if you're not a politician, we're going to attack you. What are your thoughts on that? It's, I mean, that's absolutely right, you know, and, and it's true, by the way. You will get destroyed. You will get ripped apart. Um, it's, and it starts on campus, by the way. They, they start at young. If you're an active conservative on campus, they do everything they can to destroy you, and there's not much there, um, you know, in the way of protection. But I think that to a degree, if you believe in this stuff, you kind of have to be willing to take it. You know, yeah. I mean, we have like, look, Michael Knowles, right? He went and spoke at the University of Missouri and and some guy tried to try to attack him with acid, which, you know, hey, look, you just kind of have to be willing, I think, to to take some of that, because ultimately, if they're doing that, then they're afraid of what we're doing. And we must be doing something right. Well, absolutely. They're definitely afraid. But when you look just looking at the lay of the land and if you're out there running and if people are going to attack you, attack your family, put yeah. everything out there. It, it does. You you will rethink. Is this mm -hmm. worth it? You look at Donald Trump. He's a billionaire. I mean, he doesn't have to do this, like he said. He doesn't have to, but he's doing it because he loves the country. Get someone else who doesn't have all the money. They definitely have to have their heart in it because there are forces that are going to go out there and rip them apart. You look at the inauguration. You look at everything event that Donald Trump puts on. When people want to participate, they find out. About it and then they're attacked and then they just like go away and hide, go away and hide. So there are people out there that want to support him and that want to join the movement, want to join conservatism and say, hey, this is who we are. But they're definitely afraid because they don't have the backing yeah. or the support that they should have. And I think as conservatives, you've got to push that agenda and get behind these young adults because they are the future. You yourself, like you said, that you're writing about it, you have a book. Uh, what, what else are you doing to try to galvanize, if anything, the future of the party, these future, future leaders that are young, the millennials? Because they're also millennials who happen to be conservatives. Right now, we only hear about mm -hmm. the Democrats or the liberal uh, millennials. But there are other millennials that are there that have the mindset of conservatism. Absolutely. You know, um, and, and I think, I mean, that's true, of course. You're going to, to some degree, get attacked and destroyed, but I think some of that's baked in. Uh, as for you know what I'm what I try to do to to help you know, other kind of young people um, on campus, you know I think that I think the best thing for anyone to do is to get started right where you are. You know, and if you're in college, on campus, right on your campus, you know. And we we brought Matt Walsh last semester. We have a big speaker coming this semester. You know, just kind of exposing people to conservative ideas. And whenever we get attacked, whenever, you know, people they slander us, all these names, you just kind of have to take it in stride and keep showing up. And eventually people are going to realize, you know what, they keep saying this stuff about these folks and they keep threatening them, but they're still here. They're still doing it. So it can't be that bad. Um, right, right. I, I really think that's ultimately all you can do. You know, you just have to take it in stride. You have to keep fighting and, uh, you know, persevere. And eventually I think that people will see that you can survive this if, it's what you believe in. It's what you want to do. But it's just a matter of, like you said, recruiting those individuals, starting where you are, mm -hmm. starting on the college campuses, which is rather difficult because we see that we've had conservatives who've gone to college campuses to speak, 
and they've been attacked. And it's mm -hmm. interesting because college campuses are supposed to be the haven of free speech. You don't have to agree with what I'm saying, but I'm allowed to say it. Of course, if it's not, it's within reason and nothing that's going to hurt someone else, like this radical group Antifa, Antifa, mm -hmm. you know, they walk around with masks or, or, you know, over their face. I call the modern day KKK. But I think that all, on college campuses, conservatives should be able to go out and speak and say, this is who we are and this is where we stand without being attacked by the left. Yeah. And when they are attacked, I think that more, we sh there should be more emphasis placed on look at what's happening to these young conservatives. I think of the guy who not too long ago who was attacked, uh, I think it's Michael Ingo, NGO, and very, very Andy. little is sir, said about that. A Andy, I'm sorry, Andy. Very little is said about him in the mainstream media. Yeah. Fox talks about it, but they have just like completely ignored it altogether. Whereas when you have this guy Khashoggi, who they was claimed was killed by the crown prince in Saudi Arabia, mm -hmm. it's nonstop, nonstop going. I mean, it's and and I, I'm like, what's going on here? What about this young man? What about his life? Yeah. Well, you know, the corporate press isn't going to help us. They're not going to help us. They, they have their own interests, and they're going to protect their interests, you know. And I think that uh, there are some things we're doing to mitigate that. Obviously, we're starting some of our own outlets, you know, the outlet that, they, that, uh, that you work for, uh, the wire, the blaze, things like that. Um, but again, there's only so much that can do, right, because these legacy outlets, the New York Times, the Washington Post, they have the names, and the names still carry some weight with people. Um, so, yeah, you know, and look, just a, a story on my campus, right, we brought uh, Matt Walsh, and he came and talked about traditional values. And, you know, I, I, go to, I go to Baylor, it's a Christian school, supposedly, and this was massively controversial. He, the title of the speech was something to the effect of, you know, protecting, like, life, marriage, and gender, you know? Um, and that was extremely controversial. We got lots of threats. People, you know, they tore down all of our flyers. They said they were going to come shut down the event. They tried to crash our event bride, all kinds of crazy stuff. And, you know, he got there and uh, only one person, you know, came up and, uh, and, and really tried to get in his face. So that was that was good. It went off well. But, you know, look, we've gotten so many of the media used this as a, uh, as a as a jumping point to try to pressure Baylor into, uh, uh, you know, chartering this uh, this this radically left wing uh, LGBT advocacy group. And it's not that they're gay. It's that they use this to promote this militant agenda. And. Uh, you know, this is covered by Newsweek, the Texas Tribune, the Houston Chronicle, the Dallas Morning News. I mean, just all kinds of outlets. Um, and I got interviewed for them. And, um, you know, with I told each of the reporters, three people specifically, I told them all these things. I said, look, I don't really care that they're a gay group. That's not really my problem. My problem right. with them is that they're militant. They threaten people. They disobey the rules and they're bad to have on campus. They're not good for our community. And all of that was cut. I offered them evidence that they're threatening people. I offered them evidence that they're breaking these rules and doing this stuff. None of them followed up. None of them asked for it. They printed my comments without kind of retracting those. So they've all got agendas. And we can't expect the media to be truthful or to get truthful anytime soon. Right. I, I agree. They all have an agenda. And that agenda is to silence anything that does not fit into their little narrative and to turn it into identity politics, which they are are really good at doing identity politics. So what does it feel on college campuses these days? Are you traveling around to different schools? What are you hearing? What is the frustration? What what what's, what are we doing that's right? 
to keep these people out front, the people that have a different message that says, hey, we love America. There's nothing wrong with loving America. We don't hate you, but we just disagree with you. What are you hearing mm -hmm. out here? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think here in Texas, there are some great campus activists, you know, at, at UT specifically, uh, this group, you know, they got threatened with doxing, right? They said they were going to dox them uh, if, if freshmen signed up to become members of this group. Uh, you know what? But they pressed on, they kept doing it, and they signed up members. You know, it's like I said earlier, it's just about going out there. And when you get threatened, you know, take it seriously, obviously. You don't want to put yourself in harm's way. But ultimately, right. you just got to keep pushing forward, and that's what I'm seeing. You know, I see that these conservatives... Uh, you know, they're not afraid of the left anymore. They're not going to be bullied into silence. And, uh, and that's really hardening to see, I think. I see it at uh, UT, folks at SMU, they're constantly putting on great events. Uh, at Baylor with my folks. Uh, lots of great people all around the state, for sure. Right. Why do you think that they don't get the acknowledgement that they should so that other people would know that, hey, we're here. Mm -hmm. Take and let's say an event that's sponsored by someone on the left, liberal, and it's like blown completely out of proportion. Whereas the moment someone on the right does something, it's destroyed, it's demonized. A case in point, look at Colin Kaepernick, uh, who was kneeling. He said that he wasn't kneeling for the flag. He was kneeling because of, you know, uh, unequal justice to black men and whatnot. But I think some years ago, when you had Tim Tebow, who was kneeling, and the left went bananas attacking the guy as to why is he doing this? This is absurd, yada, yada, yada. But it's like when they do it, it's okay. If mm -hmm. we do it, it's, it's wrong. Why well, the problem, the problem with the left is politics is their religion. Okay. They don't have, they've, I mean, they've, they've excised, um, all religion, you know, religion is terrible to them, of course, unless it's an oppressed religion and then they can use it for political purposes. But, uh, but they, they shirk Christian values, they shirk Judeo-Christian tradition. And so we have to worship something. We have to be, uh, to be, to be uh, you know, subservient to something. And for them, it's politics. Politics has become their religion. And so when you, uh, when you say something that's contrary to their political beliefs to you and I, that seems like just something you can have a rational disagreement about. But to them, that's heresy. And heresy must be punished right. with, you know, I mean, you have, to punish, uh, you have to punish people who don't adhere to your religious dogma. And that's what they're doing. Which is ridiculous. Because, again, as I started saying earlier, we have to be able to disagree to agree and then respect each other mutually and realizing that we all have a right to our own thoughts and free speech. I might not agree with it, but to demonize me and to attack me or attack someone so viciously is really absurd. And the fact that it starts or you see this on college campuses in such large numbers trying to shut down conservatism and not want these students on campus, it's very disheartening. Because, as I said, you would think that that is a bastion for free speech, and you would think they would want to promote it, but you have universities that are becoming even more so like activists and trying to shut down and silence anything that they don't agree with. Yeah. And I can't imagine being on a college campus uh, with things like that happening, even professors. Though I remember one professor, I saw a video of a professor I mean, going berserko that she didn't like vegetables or Brussels sprouts or something. I'm like, are you serious? Are you kidding? Then just the other day, well, today on the news, there was a uh, high school principal 
fully denying that the Holocaust even took place. Now, wow. imagine if someone had said slavery didn't take place. The outcry from the left. But they don't see, so it seems, what they're doing. And if they do see it, they are pretending or they are hoping that they don't see it and that they could push this over. So absolutely. Yeah, I mean, for sure. You know, I had a professor once who he, um, you know, he told us that, well, he played Alex Jones conspiracy theory videos in class. And this is a, a mass media class. And he said that this was indicative of conservatism. And this is why we can't take conservatism seriously. And he said that Fox News was state run propaganda. He said that all conservatives, generally speaking, are racists. He said in class that a black conservative doesn't need to be taken seriously because a black conservative doesn't exist. Um, and when someone kind of raised their hand and they pressed him a little bit, uh, he said, well, if you're a conservative, you can't be a minority. It's not possible. Um, and this guy's white, by the way. And so, right. I mean, th this is the kind of stuff that you hear in college campuses. And the important thing is, you know, people who already kind of know where they fall, they're not going to be super affected by that. But a lot of folks go to college not really knowing, not really having thought about politics exactly. a whole lot. And they hear this stuff. And from people who they're told they're supposed to respect, and they buy right. it. They buy it. And, and, you know, once you get four years of that, it's really hard to break them out of that. And that's why it this college, stuff on college campuses is so important. And that's why they want to keep us off, because they know that if we bring a, a Steve Crowder, if we bring a Ben Shapiro to campus to tell them, hey, this isn't the only option, and these options that you have are ridiculous, they're probably going to see through the facade that the university right. is putting up. Exactly. Well, Zachary, I really appreciate you uh, sharing your thoughts and your views. This has been really eye-opening. I, I hope my uh, listeners will uh, follow you and look at your readings. Are you on Twitter? Yeah, at underscore Zachary Miller. And your book, when is it out again? Uh, it's going to be out in November. And where can they go to buy it? Uh, it'll be at Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Oh, Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Folks, I, this is Rob Harper. You've been listening to the Right New Network Right Now podcast the host Rob Harper and my guest Zachary Miller. Check him out on Twitter and I hope to hear and see from you again. Thank you. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. You've been listening to New Right Network. Mobilizing. Countering. Energizing. Online at newrightnetwork.com. Right.